Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is July 8th, the 189th day of 2019, which has 176 days remaining until 2020. In other words, we have been into the second half of this year for about a week now. The 4th and 5th of July, a few days back, were our first major scorchers of the season. Both days approached the mid-90s Fahrenheit while holding humidity at 50% and above. This past Friday, appropriately, the day many folks had oriented themselves into the second day of a four-day holiday weekend, was the anniversary back in 1946 of the Bikini, a much-appreciated article of clothing created by Louis Beard, who had model Micheline Bernardini appear in a bikini during a poolside fashion show in Paris. Eight years later on that day, the 5th of July, 1954, Elvis Presley's first recording session took place at Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee, when he played the song, That's All Right. Making it through the past 65 years since then, and through this past weekend as well, per usual, has been the luck of the draw. 21st century pastor, author, and speaker Donald Tubasing tells us, Stress is like spice. In the right proportion, it enhances the flavor of a dish. Too little produces a bland, dull meal. Too much may choke you. Here in Down East Maine this time of year, we have interesting proportions of stress. Folks from away often like to entertain notions that we here in Maine lead relatively stress-free lives, although a drive up the I-95 corridor from Kittery through Augusta during daylight hours, last time I experienced that trip anyway, is not a laid-back jaunt. On Independence Day, for example, despite our being at Aphelion, or at our farthest from the sun, at 94.3 million miles, things were downright hot down east, and not just a few folks were headed lickety-split toward the coast, hoping for some gentle relief in the shoreside sea breeze. Principal among myriad destinations was, of course, Acadia National Park on Mount Desert Island. And speaking of which, today is the birthday in 1839 of John D. Rockefeller Sr. at Richford, New York, to Elizabeth Davison, a pious Baptist woman who married a less-than-pious man, William Avery Rockefeller, a con man who had people call him doctor because he peddled elixirs supposedly capable of curing everything from colic in cattle to cancer in human beings. John Rockefeller's father, William, traded horses, sold real estate, and made loans at high rates. He also had a secret second wife in a different town. He cheerfully said, I cheat my boys every chance I get. Makes them sharp. He spent much of his time on the road, leaving Elizabeth and their four children on their own. Elizabeth parceled out chores to her children, biographer Ed Morrow tells us, and she reserved the heaviest tasks for her eldest son, John. She was strict. One time when she was whipping John, he protested his innocence. She replied, never mind, we have started in on this whipping, and it will do for next time. Nonetheless, Elizabeth held somewhat of a high opinion of her eldest son, saying, I don't know what John is going to be when he grows up, but I'm sure of one thing, he won't starve. John was enough of sober-minded fellow to be nicknamed the deacon by his friends. 
When his mother suggested he attend college, he chose to go to trade school and learn more practical skills, keeping meticulous account books detailing his every expense, and when asked what career he was going to pursue, simply replied, I'm going to make $100,000. During the Civil War, John D. Rockefeller was a clerk in a coal company, and while saving much of his pay, was willing to take a few chances speculating eventually making his fortune when a method for extracting petroleum was developed. Building a huge refinery and forming secret arrangements for transporting his oil at lower rates than his competition, compelling them to sell to him or to go broke, helped him to exceed his earlier $100,000 aspirations a hundredfold. He named his oil company Standard Oil, another of his business tactics, implying that his company was the standard by which others would be judged. And before the federal government forced Standard Oil's breakup, it was indeed the world standard. Even after its breakup, its creator, John D. Rockefeller, the son of Dr. William Avery Rockefeller, the celebrated cancer specialist, was the wealthiest man in the world. And today, during these dog days of summer, when any of us might seek respite from the heat by traveling any of the many miles of landscaped carriage roads in Acadia National Park, we can thank John D. Rockefeller Sr., who established the fortune that his son, John D. Rockefeller Jr., was able to use a part of to build those 45 miles of carriage roads which originally were conceived so that Rockefeller Jr. would be able to ride horses unimpeded by automobile traffic. The gift of those roads and numerous parcels of land to augment the overall amazing abundance of natural beauty that the world knows as Acadia National Park is truly an amazing thing. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to a fine summer day.